0: Well, hey, everybody, better late than never, uh, because never's bad. And late, you know, late's still bad, but, you know, at least we're here. Uh, yes, it's maintenance day. Uh, we're doing the happy hour version of maintenance day today because uh, we got we had to get a late start because uh, yours truly was a dumbass and left his computer at, at, in Buffalo after going home for, for Easter for a few days. So that was really smart of me. Uh, but it worked out because Lance was in Philadelphia uh lance is not in philadelphia anymore lance is here now and lance uh happy belated easter i guess yeah
1: hey to all of our listeners easter <laughs> passover uh yes. ramadan as well all on the same weekend um and honestly it all worked out that we didn't record yesterday i think that <laughs> hey <laughs> yeah any day of the week can be a maintenance day that's yes that's so that's the lesson learned here joe okay <laughs>
0: That's the um, maintenance day promise.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you don't know <laughs> when it's going to come. And personally, we, we, you can't just rely on Monday. I mean, hey, Monday, I mean, ma- Monday is the most prominent maintenance day that people have yeah. throughout the, you know, their day-to-day lives. But hey, it's Tuesday a, is good it, enough too.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and you know, listen, it, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but, you know, thankfully, uh, thankfully hockey is still going, uh, which is nice. We, we do like that. Uh, and the Sabres are coming off... Um, uh, slapping the flyers around a couple of times. We'll get, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but, uh, the man of the hour is Owen power. God damn it. Why did I rhyme that? That's awful. Wow, <laughs> man. I, the, the look Lance just gave me like, Oh my God, he's going off the rails. No, no. I just accidentally a work.
1: You've been working shopping that one for day. I, <laughs>
0: I wish I could say that I was. Instead, it's just like I blurted it out and it's like, come backwards, no, they're gone. They are gone. Uh, but Owen Power, hey, let's 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 focus on him uh, because he's he looks like he he's played in the NHL for five years already as far as, I, as far as you know my my stupid eyes tell me, it sure looks like he he fits in perfect. And with this group, uh, that's a pretty good thing. Wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, he's only going to get better, too. And it's funny because watching him in the NHL compared to watching him at Michigan, it's almost, it's very similar. Uh, more active offensively in Michigan early, but we're starting to see him get be more aggressive and, and take more risks which it's good to see. I mean, obviously, Don Granado gave him the green light, the same green light that Rasmus Dahlin has. There's going to be difficult moments. Uh, he, You know, as he adjusts to a much better players, Vladimir Tarasenko is much, much better than uh, yes. the guys that Owen Power saw playing against Penn State and, you know, a few of the other Big Ten <laughs> teams. You know, with yes. all due respect to those programs, they're not <laughs> Vladimir Tarasenko or Travis Konechny. So, uh, yeah, uh, the, the, the play with the puck, uh, I – the the responsibility defensively he's just yeah he's poised he's just a total you know a complete defenseman in a lot of ways and I'm, you're also seeing new layers to his game pop up whether it be physicality mm-hmm. or the the shot that's starting to show up that maybe you didn't necessarily see at Michigan because he deferred to a lot of guys
0: yeah and I I think this is a team that's kind of that kind of wants to feed him too you know because cause I think of uh what was it the shorthanded break uh, was that against? Was that against Philly? It's like the three on one they had shorthanded. Was that that against St. Louis?
1: was against Saint Louis. Okay,
0: yeah, because he was, he, I, you know, watching on TV, you could see his eyes just light up like, oh man, this is my chance to score, and he r- rips it over the net. Which I mean, hey, listen, you get a three on one, three on O kind of setup like that. listen, I'm. If I'm 19, I'm probably throwing that puck into the stands is how that works. But, um, but like, you know, the, the first goal's going to come at some point, you know, he's got his first assist, which came in a pretty nifty play against, I think that was against St. Louis uh his first yeah his first helper was against St.
1: Louis. yes yeah alex tuck scored that goal
0: yes so and i was
1: mis- and i was mistaken the play you were referring to was philadelphia i was oh, thinking okay. of his other short-handed he had a short-handed shot on goal uh with a play with henestrosa okay
0: yeah no yeah this was this was like a somehow they got a three-on-one shorthanded which is yeah ba- well it's against philly so that explains everything but um but yeah, like he's, I mean, like he's, the opportunities are there and the guys are just kind of like, yeah, man, go get it. You know, like it's something that you not really used to seeing that really, you know, cause like, you know, even, even the pre-Jack days, cause I know everybody's assuming that I'm saying like Jack, Jack's a dick and didn't want guys to do stuff, but not, not true. Um, But like, you know, you think of like the old guy days, you know, the the David Leguan years and the Matt D'Agostini years. And, you know, like th- those guys, it's like, no, those guys are going to be like, no, give me the puck. I've been around, <laughs> you know, like n- nobody's doing that with, with this squad. They're just kind of like, yeah, man, Hey, run with it, buddy. Like, it's all you it's, you know, have fun. But, uh, but man, he, he just does not look like a guy who's, who's phased by, by any of this. And I, you know, listen, it's, it, you know, it's still the NHL. You know, they're, they're playing against, you know, played against St. Louis. That's a really damn good team. Uh, I, I can't wait to see what he looks like against Boston. Uh, what, next week? This week? Next week? Next uh, week. Next week. Yeah. yeah. So, like, that's, those are the games I'm really interested to see how he plays in them because that's, you know, that's elite talent. That's playoff talent, not, you know, not the New Jersey Devils and the Philadelphia Flyers running out their, you know, the depth of their AHL squads. You know, like, that's, that, that those are the te- those are the teams i want to see him play more against but man he looks absolutely great and like it's tons of the little things like you can you can watch a video of him do stuff and you're just like oh man that's okay he's a rookie making that move okay oh he he covered he covered that spot the way he's supposed to and did it you know did it effectively and shut it down it's like wow, oh, that's all right like you, you don't expect a guy to just jump into jump into the nhl and do like lots of those little things
1: yeah, he uh, he's not the flashiest player, uh, especially when Sabres fans are accustomed to watching Dallin. And from the moment yeah. Dallin showed up, Dallin is unlike you know almost anybody else. So when it comes to to power, it's all the subtleties that you mentioned. It's knowing how to to how to find that time and space in the offensive zone, mm-hmm. setting up teammates. He's a perfect fit for this system. I mean, we're even seeing Matias Samuelson get scoring chances with the way that the Sabres defensemen are jumping up in the play. Like this mm-hmm. is. You know, my head's going to explode just looking just <laughs> the flashbacks to a lot the previous two seasons, like he can't do that. <laughs> uh, no. It, <laughs> I, Sorry. No, it's fine. And I I, I like the way that Don Granado is using Uh, Owen Power early Uh, it helps of course having Samuelson and Darlene to be that top pairing that has just Mm -hmm. been incredible so far what a, a very fascinating experiment that has been but Power's playing a lot on the penalty kill. And these road games, you mentioned that one against Boston. I cannot wait to see because he's going to get the most difficult matchups. Like Cassidy is mm-hmm. going to throw his top line at Owen Power. And if Henry Yoki is to his partner, then then that's the two that are going to see you know, Bergeron and company. So I want to see Owen Power the power play at some point because he was so good running yeah. Michigan. Power play, but until the Sabres get off this heater that they're on on the man advantage, uh, Don Granato is not going to pull anybody off. And, hey, I mean, I understand that.
0: They they went, what, like four for six against Philadelphia in the two games? Or like five for seven? so something asinine.
1: Yeah, they have multiple power them. play goals in three of their last four. Um, and Yeah, and the Flyers are just such a bad team. We can go on for an hour. Like that line change on the Bjork goal was one of the most embarrassing moments. Oy. Like if I was the GM, I would have
0: walked down there and fired my kill on the spot. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, the, I... I'm thinking of the Boston game now, and I, I just think of the the permanent war that Darlene and Marchand have, where they just try to do as much po- as possible to get under each other's skin. It's not just Marchand trolling Darlene, which, I mean, he does do that, but it's also Darlene giving it back to him. So I wonder if Marchand's going to have the time to get at power to see what he, you know, to see if he can make him, you know, maybe he loses cool a little bit or, or, or something because, you know, you know, he's going to try to do that. Like, that's what he does. Like that's what he excels at. That's why he's so good. But like, I don't know, like the way Darlene is starting to like feed it back to him, like not even waiting for Marsha to say something, just being like, Oh, it's you again, you know, F you, you know, and just like, you know, shove him in the face or something like that. Or, you know, mess with them near the boards no that's I, a.
1: Really, I, I hate to interrupt you but that's another it's a really good point that I didn't think of because when Darlene came in even the first couple of seasons we didn't see a lot of that from Darlene he was no. still trying to find his way I mean a lot of times early on Bogosian would step in in those sort of situations mm-hmm. but now we're seeing we're seeing Rasmus with that competitiveness that feistiness and he gives it back to guys like that's the sort of thing I, I'm interested to see those other like the nuance, the subtleties and Owen powers game that we haven't seen in Michigan. Like mm-hmm. it's not like he can play a really physical game in college. You know, how is right. that going to develop? What else are we going to see from Owen power as he gains more experience in the NHL?
0: Yeah. Six, six defenseman in college being physical is a, is a license for referees to throw you in the box. Every time you do something near the boards or in front of the net, like that's just, that's just how that goes. Um, but yeah, like that, that i think that's what like, it kind of makes the the schedule coming up a little bit of a bummer just because because we're not gonna really you're not gonna really get a great yeah you know, you're gonna we're gonna get a nice view of what power can do but like i don't know man seeing him whoop up on you know utica devils like or utica comets <laughs> like i
1: just
0: <clears throat> i don't i don't care i don't care what he does against the bridgeport sound tigers just doesn't it does or sorry the bridgeport islanders because we can't have fun things in the AHL under Lou. So that, that's just the way that goes. But, um, but yeah, like that's, you know, I, I need, I need to see how power handles that, that side of the game because that, I mean, listen, a lot of people don't like that part of the game, you know, the, you know, the, the shit talking and the, you know, the face washing and all that stuff. But like, listen, that's all the playoffs are like, that's, that's the kind of stuff you got to be ready to dish out as well as be, be able to handle Uh, When the games get serious and the games get tough, like that's, that's the kind of things you got to be ready for. And, you know, you get mild versions of that stuff in college, you know, especially rivalry games like that's, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, that's, that's always going to be a gnarly game, Michigan, Notre Dame, same deal. Um, But it's different at this level, because everybody's better. You know, everybody that he plays against is better. Even the guys that you know fans might think stink, they're still better than the guys he's played against in college for the most part. So, uh, but that those, those that's you know that's the kind of thing I want to see how he handles it because you know it's t- it's taken Darlene like three four years to to really feel comfortable with you know because he is a strong kid like he's he's strong as hell, um, which you know he didn't really lean into doing lean into using too much his first couple of seasons, but then it was finally got he got sick of being picked on and he started shoving back and people were just like oh my god this this guy that guy hit me like well, what the hell and now he's just kind of like yeah no I'm the boss so like that's that's a cool thing to see
1: as long as everything goes according to plan Owen Power is going to get eight games uh, since signing his entry-level deal that might seem like a small amount but this reminds me of last spring when Matias Samuelson got 12 in. Mm-hmm. And just how much better he got off of that base going into the offseason knowing, OK, I need to get better in these areas. I need to get stronger here. This mm-hmm. this, <clears throat> this is what I need to do when I'm on the ice against guys like you know, in Matias's case, it was Sidney Crosby for Owen Power. It's going to be Tarasenko, Konechny and probably Marshawn and Bergeron, Pasternak. So very valuable situations for him to to be in. And when he shows up at camp, there's no introduction to, you know, hey, this is how we do things. He's just mm-hmm. going to be able to go right in there. There's going to be, you know, at that point, he'll earn more responsibility when it comes to the power play. He's already playing 22 minutes a game. Like, that's... <laughs> You know, I Get thrown I like into the, the deep
0: end, kid. Yeah, Grano, <laughs> I
1: like how Granados handled the, the defense. I mean, we talked on the pod. The, I think it was the last episode. We were wondering who Power is going to play with. We assumed an mm-hmm. older guy based on Kevin Adams' previous comments about wanting that that person next to Owen Power who has those traits. But it's worked out. Um, I I'm very curious to see uh, what goes on moving forward. But Bryson and Fitzgerald working together and not in getting. T- you know, 12, 14 minutes a game. So you can really front load the minutes to the top, the, those top four is a, is a really interesting experiment. And hey, Owen Power is going to get a lot of practice time these next two weeks, only four mm-hmm. games this is on, you know, sort of a weird little schedule to finish the season, but yeah. with the way the Sabres practice and the, the information he can really gather from those, that's, it's going to be big as well.
0: Yeah. the that, that... Now, the power play thing, I I made a comment of, you know, I wonder if or when we'll see that happen this year, Uh, because we know he we know he that's where he's going to be at some point. Like he's going to be the guy quarterbacking that, you know, Darlene does one unit and then we assume the assumption. Of course, we know what happens when we assume we know, we know, we know, we know. But. You gotta think that Power's gotta he's gonna he's gotta get a chance at some point. I mean, one of these games, he's gonna have to get a get a crack at it. I would imagine. There's no way you take a guy who quarterbacked a power play for two years at, at a top program and just say, no, we're just gonna have you kill penalties. Like that I'm not gonna say that seems counterproductive considering the way that, you know, the way that they do things with this, you know, with development and whatnot, but it would seem a little bit odd, is is the only thing. I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna Come out and start bashing heads on it before anything even happens, but would be odd to, to not see him do anything on the power play, right?
1: Yeah, I asked Don Granado about this pregame on Sunday in Philadelphia. I asked, him, when do you plan on using Owen Power on the power play? Uh, at what point? If, you know, so far, are you really just not going to give him too much information, let him focus on certain areas, and then introduce it to him? And he simply said that. Our guys are playing so well in the power play. I don't want to just take a job away at this point. You know, we're playing him a ton at five-on-five on on the PK. We'll give him those responsibilities. And, yeah, at some point we'll give him a look. But, I mean, in my opinion, I know Granato didn't say it, practice time. He's only had two practices. He's played four games. I think that the Sabres are going to be practicing on Tuesday and Wednesday, game Thursday, another practice on Friday. I think they're going to find their spots there to get Owen power on the power play in these next couple of games this week. So, you know, you can get you can throw different pressure
0: at him, uh, you know,
1: in practice, see how he handles it cuz it's going to be a little different playing on the power play in the in the NHL.
0: Yeah, and as odd as it is, like it, it it's it's strange seeing the Sabres power play get this hot now because for a few weeks, months maybe, it was pretty hot garbage for for how things were getting executed how things were getting were getting played out it just seemed like you know, have one or two guys that they're just like i don't know if that guy fits in that spot or like you know why is he in that you know why is he in there he should be over here you know all the armchair coaching that we all do when it comes down when it comes down to that but like now you know you're we're seeing you know tage you know snapshots from you know inside the circles not not even from within the circle but like in the not even really in the slot either but like just kind of you know in the handcuffed position where you know, we were, you know we saw Martin Jones not able to really deal with any of that stuff but um, but we see that you know we, we know Olson's got got his shot back so you know he's the, he's an immediate threat although him playing on his strong side is they moved weird, him around yeah they,
1: move. they've moved him around at times because teams are starting to pay attention more you know yeah right? even on his even on his first goal I believe it was on Sunday. Fairly started to shade a little bit more, so mm-hmm. Granada likes to rotate some. But, you know, the top unit for me, they need another shooting option. Uh, yeah. and I think Middlestad this summer after the you know after the injury he he went through this season, I think yeah. the shot is something that he's definitely. I would assume he's definitely gonna focus on that in the summer. Because I've liked yeah. his game. You know, it's a different topic, but
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um we, we can micromanage or micro view everybody when, when things die down and we start looking ahead towards uh the summertime. But um but yeah, this I don't know. power stuff is 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 really it's it's a it adds another layer of interest to, to how the season is going to end up, but transition time, Lance, uh, what exactly are we going to take out of these last few games? Because I know those Philly games, I can't really take anything out of it other than you know who, who is able to increase their statistics because Philly was Philly's ass. They were so bad. This is, this is why I have
1: no issue with Don Granado changing the lines up. I want to see how different guys move around. Gergensen's at center is a look they're going to have to take to to really investigate for next season because Cody Egan's mm-hmm. a penning UFA. Give him some looks there. How are you going to use Krebs? Is he going to be down the middle more next season? Is he going to be on the wing? I like Olson on the top line. It just you know playing with different looks. You got some interesting matchups. The one in Boston's the one that I'm really intrigued to see because of. You know that's not an easy place to play. They're going to be mm-hmm. probably fighting for playoff positioning at that point. Yeah, really good, good opportunity for for them. Um, but I'm not reading into it results wise, especially when you're looking at. I mean, you mentioned the Flyers, the Devils are a mess, the Islanders. Ugh. Um, yeah. And I mean, the, knocked,
0: the Islanders just got knocked out officially of playoff yeah, contention. And it's just kind of like, how did they hang around that long? They've been <laughs> just borderline terrible all season, but
1: the Blackhawks don't have an NHL goalie. So for me, that's why, I mean, we spoke on previous podcasts. I wanted to see Quinn and Paterka. That looks like we're not going to get our wish there. So with that in mind, a lot of it for me is just is is putting guys in different situations. The Samuelson Darlene pairing is one I want to see against different teams. Mm-hmm. You can experiment. That's that's what I like about where they're at right now. When it comes to wins or, or losses, like if they would have, if the Flyers sort of came back and won that game yesterday, I wouldn't have really read into it. Like it, it was, yeah. you know, was, there was Joe. I'm not exaggerating. There might have been five thousand people in that building. Wow, it was the worst crowd of the season, and I obviously I've been to KeyBank Center quite a few times when before the, the group really got good. Like this was mm-hmm. the worst. That it was the a low energy building. I don't Oof. know that nobody showed up to that game. Um, so again, like that's where I'm at. Uh, but I think that. You know, we've, Kyle Ocposo has mentioned this season that he doesn't really overanalyze how one season can carry to the next. Right. So if you win the last seven games for the like when it comes to team wise, it doesn't usually carry over. Like it, so I, that's why I'm not really into this. I just want to see how individual guys grow. And um, even then, it's all about matchups and who do they play well against in certain situations. Because there's been examples in the past where it's like, yeah, well, maybe we should rethink that one.
0: Kyle's never going to be a beat writer with that kind of attitude. <laughs> he's never, he's never going to write a hot take column in his life with, with that. that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, you know, you're, I, I'm with you. I, I want to see, I think the whole season has been, you know, Don's, you know, chemistry lab, like play around with, with combinations and and stuff and see, see what works, see what doesn't and just have fun with it. But now you're like, You've got what's pretty close to what you're gonna run out next season, uh, you know, to kind of give you an idea of what it's like because you're gonna have a you have a few months to to think about it. And, you know, depending on what happens with free agency and the draft and all that stuff, like you 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 have this is like your, I don't know, your last first chance to really kind of to mess with things and give your give yourself an idea of like what's going on. Like doing the Samuelson darlene pairing to me is well, you know, at first I'm kind of like, well, you know, Darlene has played the right side before, which, you know, I wrote about back in freaking October, Yeah. which <laughs> and they they did it like one game and then never again. And I was like, okay, but now they've gone back to it with Samuelson. I was like, oh, right. They needed a really good guy on the left side to really make that work. Well, this checks out. Um, But, they, you know, it's things like that. You know, I mean, even Yoki Hari with, with power, like, okay, I, I – it went against what we were thinking, but it made sense in the end because it's like, well, who's going to be here next season? Is it going to be Miller? Is it going to be Pesek? Or is it going to be Yoki you Well, it's going to be Henry. Like Henry's going to be here, barring, you know, some crazy trade. Um, but he's, he's going to be here. So have him play with a guy that's going to, he's going to be playing with next season. Like I get that. But like with this other stuff, like Zemgus playing center, love it. Love it. I mean, he, he did it, what, five, five, six, seven years ago, however long. I don't know. Time gets away, but, um, he was an all-star at center for crying out loud let's well he you know, latvia latvia helped out a little bit i guess but
1: um, and we're seeing
0: anders bjork a little bit more again
1: yeah what well, played well on sunday against the flyers again but
0: right which i guess if you want to get guys confidence up that's the, that's the way to do it <laughs> you yeah. know you want to get guys feeling good about themselves like here play these idiots you have fun but i mean you know it, it goes back to our original question for this for this segment is like well you know what you know can we take that Anders bjork's figured it out because he got some some solid play against philly probably not but like he's under contract next year so they got to still figure it out you know like i mean yeah i, I don't want to make the Vinny hinestrosa discussion happen again but like i don't really need to see more out of hinestrosa at this point we know what he is like he is he is who he is but like bjork you got to figure out what the hell he is because he got he still have him
1: yeah and he uh, needs to, he needs to figure out what he is cuz i think that through this season for whatever reason he lost his identity as a player and he's not going to be a top 6 guy for the mm-hmm. sabers he's not i don't know if he will ever develop into that at some point in his career but next season he's got to be a bottom 6 guy and he's got to play that fourth line role be difficult to play against be a pest and yeah, you, you mentioned under contract. He's got to be in a good place entering the summer because I, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be part of this team in some way, shape, or form.
0: Right. Yeah, because he's either going to be playing in the, you know, fourth, probably fourth line, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's assuming, you know, Quinn comes up, you know, nothing weird happens there, but he'll be up next season. So that's another guy in the top six that, you know, moves somebody else down into the to the bottom six. But um, but it's yeah, that's I mean, those, those aren't sexy conversations though. You know, like, wow, what's Anders Bjork going to do? Like people are, people are already like fast forwarding. Like, when are they going to talk about something fun? I I get it. Please don't do that. Please don't, don't take that suggestion. It wasn't a suggestion. I was just, you know, doing a hypothetical there, but like, you know, there, there are fun things though. Like Tage Thompson has 36 goals. There are four games left. Can he hit 40? And did anybody have a prop bet of Tage Thompson scoring 40 and are they going to be a billionaire after that is my question
1: or the Sabres having four 20 goal scorers yeah like right two two, two with 30 plus
0: <laughs> I, right yeah I, again these like going back to like people's predictions going into the season like you know again I, I know like the, you can't really hold that against anybody because so much completely out of left field unexpected crap happened like it just it, you can't really hold stuff against people um but if you but if you went into it and said you're the sabers going to have 230 goal guys 420 goal guys um and people are going to enjoy the team you're going to be like i don't know man i looked at this roster at the start of the season i don't i don't see where that's happening i don't who who else score in 20 never mind 30 you know like maybe your circle and skinner but you're definitely not picking tage There's no way you're you're probably picking Skinner and Olafson to score 30. And then I don't know, pick names out of a hat for 20, honestly. Like that's, that's where that conversation starts back in September. But now you're looking at it and it's like, well, geez, what happens to Tage gets 40? Like, I I mean, that's, I don't even know how to process that, that conversation, how to start that one. And we do a podcast Lance. How do We can't even start the, the conversation. We can't even figure it out. Like that's, that's the wild part of that. It's, it's, it's so out of left field and it's so unexpected that yeah, now it's that you're just kind of like, wow. Okay. This guy does this now.
1: I mean, we'll go into this Pope, you know, when we go into the off season and have our season wrap conversations, but the Granado effect has been very real when it comes mm-hmm. to coaxing more at just maximizing uh, what each guy is capable of. And Joe, I, my evaluations on where this team is at, it really have already been, when they're playing Toronto in Toronto, you know, you got Vegas, Carolina, they have played some very difficult teams mm-hmm. since the start of March, and they've performed, I mean, there have been some difficult nights, but for the most part, yeah. you gotta like where the group is at, and that's where, I mean, those are the games that I was really, okay, let's see how they, they match up against, for me, last four, it's that Boston game, the rest, it's all, hey, how do you yeah. use guys, and how do you get some people with, who need some confidence, you know, in a good place mm-hmm. heading into the offseason?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, looking back at just like the last month, maybe since like the beginning of March, you look at the, the playoff teams that they played against. You know, let's just start like March 2nd beat Toronto. Uh, March 4th beat Minnesota. Uh, Kings, well, are they a playoff team or not? Well, I guess we'll find out and find out in a little bit. Played Uh, well in that Kings game too, despite losing that was a good game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, Kings and Sabres always play close games and it's for one reason or another, it's, it's dramatic and interesting, uh, going back, going back a few years, but like, you know, okay. They've had their struggles with Florida. That's fair. Like there's enough also, there's, there's also enough former Sabres on Florida to make it, you know, kind of a kind of like a grudge match for, for those guys. But, you know, you know, they beat Vegas, obviously they beat Toronto again. They beat Toronto three times in the last, you know, last freaking month. So like, that's okay. That's enough for me. But then, you know, they go out West. Okay. they get smoked by the Oilers. Okay, fine. But you beat Calgary in overtime. You beat Vancouver in overtime, come back home, like, you know, a few days later and beat Pittsburgh at home. Okay. Like, you know, lose the caps, lose the Rangers. All right. You know, I'm uh, just looking at playoff teams here. Nashville beat Nashville. There's a Florida again. Then they you know, beat Carolina, lose to Carolina.
1: Yeah, and that Carolina mm-hmm. win was really impressive to me because that's a team yeah. that's – I mean, they've been bad against the Hurricanes for years at this point. And yes. this Hurricanes team is the real deal. And mm-hmm. I know it was a home and they didn't play well. You know, They blew a lead on the road when they played the Hurricanes a few days later. But that, that's, a, that's a good win against a very good team. Yeah.
0: And, well – We'll see how good Carolina is without Freddie for however long he's going to be out. But uh, tradition like no other, Freddie Anderson getting hurt late in the season before a team, a very good team's going to the playoffs. It's like, That's can, a somebody, shame. can somebody get the hex off of him, please? Uh, he, he got out of Toronto. Leave him alone, please, hockey gods. Just do, do something nice. Every
1: know, time, I'll, keep I, going, on, Joe. I'm no,
0: I was going to say, people are going to be mad at me for saying, like, do something nice for the Carolina guys, but like, Please just leave me alone. It's, it's <laughs> fine. I'm not, I'm not, not from here. Okay. Like I'm, I'm not a Sabres fan. I get it. I get it. You hate the team. I understand. Okay, sorry, Lance. No, I, I interrupted you. Were
1: you, we're at the point in the season where typically in, in, past years, last, last season was an exception, but this is the point where it's like, uh can just, end? like they're not accomplishing anything. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe they call up Alex Nylander from Rochester <laughs> or, you know, middle signs his entry level deal. Like, okay. Like, you know, they're playing out the string, but they're at the point where like now, like it matters, like it feels like something is being accomplished. There's like actually like a foundation that's being built going into mm-hmm. next, next season. Joe, like we love segues in the podcast and this brings up a topic that is very interesting. Uh, Micah McCurdy. Yes. Uh, we'll let you introduce this one. Cause I, I, this is a very intriguing topic to
0: me. Yes. Uh, when tanking became the big discussion around hockey, Oh, about, I don't know, eight (laughs) years ago or so, uh, you folks might be familiar with the topic. I I don't know, but, uh, people were coming up with ideas of how to fix, fix that, fix the lottery, just, you know, do something different. And something that came up was the, was the, was the gold, the the gold plan, uh, the gold, the gold race, if it will, if you will. Um, that's what, that's what Micah Blake McCurdy's referred to it as now. What this, what it means is, and I'll, I'll have to explain. I have to do Micah credit here to explain like, what the hell I'm, what the hell it means. Um, but basically, it means that once a team is considered out of the playoff race, you can then do standings for whoever has the best record from that point for them. Obviously, you don't just pick a date for everybody and say, "All right, the first team's out, everybody into the pool." But like whatever date that you can, you know, you're basically mathematically out of it. You know, for instance, the, the Sabres were mathematically out of it in December. Like their their, their chances to, to, to make it, uh, what was it? Yeah, December 11th, uh, their chances dropped from 1.5% to under 1%. So like that, you're done. Like that's, that's it. So every team from the point where it's like you're mathematically not going to make the postseason, you start counting points, like positive wins points, you know, not race for the bottom to come up with the best record from that point on and c- accumulate the most points. So after that long-winded explanation, Mike has kept track through, you know, from that point, since, you know, Arizona was the first one to, to get themselves knocked out, go figure. Um, but since then, now we're recording this on April 18th, as of this day, Buffalo has 50 points. They are the best, they have the best record of all these non-playoff teams since they uh, since they were since they were bumped out. Now they had an advantage because they are the third team in the running. It was Arizona, Chicago, and Buffalo were the first three. Uh, but Buffalo has has had the most success since that point. They have 50 points. Ottawa is second with 39, and Arizona has 37. They've been out since like the beginning, like the end of November. Um, but what that means is that whoever has the most points at the end gets the number one pick because they did not tank. And then the draft order gets decided from there, which obviously means the better you are, you're going to be at the bottom because the chances of you getting eliminated, getting mathematically knocked out in a way that you're going to win that ain't going to happen. You know, like, like the Islanders got knocked out yesterday. The most they could get is what, maybe eight, 10 points at most are They can't catch up, but if you're genuinely bad, but you do very well from that point on you, you become the, you get the number one pick. So imagine if you will, Sabers getting the number one pick based on the fact that they stunk, and then were good after they stunk, or at least were better than bad. You know, they're like log better than bad. It's good. So Um, obviously
1: those teams weren't officially limited. Like they weren't officially eliminated in December. So is this according to a model? Like that? This is a just yes. Okay, so their probability model. I would assume in terms of playoff chances.
0: Correct, and you know because once they're once they're considered out. You know, like like it said, like it said, you know, once their playoff percentage chance of making the playoffs was under one percent, that's when you could say, All right, time of death is here. They're not making the postseason, start counting it. Now, I mean, obviously there are there are exceptions to the to the rule. St. Louis in 2019, probably they you probably could have put them right in there in January, December or January, and said, like, they ain't making it. And then they, you know, they rally, they make the playoffs, and they win the Stanley Cup. Now obviously. The, that doesn't count for them because they, because they went on yeah. into the playoffs and, and, and won the cup. Like, but in something like this now, obviously it has flaws, you know, there, there are flaws in this, but like uh it's a, it's a really genius idea and I love it. And it's the NHL would never do it. You know, they'll never do it. They love the lottery. They love everything about, you know, the drama that comes with that. You know, they're not, they're not looking to thoroughly legitimize draft order because if they did they would just say okay worst record gets number one yeah leave it at that but like you know the the devils and or sorry not the devils the penguins ruined that years ago uh the mario lemieux draft year because they they raced to the bottom the devils kind of did uh but lou said no no we're just really bad that we're not actually trying to lose the penguins were like yeah no fuck it we're losing um but like you know, obviously the uh, the Eichel McDavid year got everybody's you know pants in a twist uh, on tanking. So like this was an idea that that was, that was that came up to try to alleviate that, which you know I, I enjoy it because it's more interesting because it, it 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 also makes it so that teams don't race for the bottom at the end of the year. They're still trying because like you're knocked out. Like okay, we, we got to do better because we got to get the number one pick which it uh, seems counterintuitive, but also I like it because it means more competition.
1: I love, I love the, the idea behind it. Now, you know, obviously, like you said, like you would have to really come up with a different system. Uh, you know, I was thinking in my head, like a, a very brief, like top, you know, the four worst, the four teams at the bottom have like a brief little playoff <laughs> and the Ooh. winner gets the number one pick. I like that um, too. You could sell tickets, uh, yeah. you know. And I think that there'd be motivation for guys, especially like a team like Buffalo to try to add, add another player to the group. Mm Mm-hmm. Because personally, for me, the the lottery has zero intrigue for me. Maybe it's because like we've attended the lottery and you're just sitting in a conference room. You're like, oh my god, what is this thing gonna end? <laughs> like, there's they're no intrigue even, behind it for me. Not
0: like, even drawn the numbers in front of us either. They just the people come out of a room and they're like, ah, now here's the cards. Like,
1: oh, great. It, it all feels so like they already. It feels like it's already been drawn. Like there, you we've we've seen over like the little subtleties that people pick up on social media. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. uh, that looked a little weird. Like, this this looked a little off. Like, the Rangers getting the number one pick for... Yeah. So... Yeah. Like, there's little things. Like, so for me, I just... Either you take the worst team, which is not a good precedent to set because, of course, you're going to award teams like Arizona. I don't want to award Arizona, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, the now, now that ar- they're
0: going to be playing in a high school rink, I don't want to award them anything.
1: The only award I want to give them is a new zip code, whether it's in another <laughs> <laughs> it's in another country. Those players and everybody who works for the team deserves it. But otherwise, no thank you. Yes, something needs to be done. I don't like the lottery. Um, of course, like, yeah, it's a protection against tanking, but you also mm-hmm. get teams like the Rangers who had no business getting the number one pick that no. year. It's just stupid. No. Like, that was dumb. Like, for me, that was the moment where I'm like, this isn't right, right? They had to like,
0: pick the year before it or the year after it, right? <laughs> like, the Caco the Kako, Kako Hughes year.
1: yeah. And yeah. it was a it was a team that wasn't even that bad at that point, and like people right. were acting surprised, like "Oh my God, they're done rebuilding." Of course they are. They just got two players.
0: <laughs> I <did their>
1: <laughs> that would be insane if the owner wanted to keep rebuilding at that point. So right. yes, like do something because i cannot we can't like that's not good for the game like of course like yeah it makes the rangers relevant again but i don't care if the rangers are relevant i want the (laughs) team like i want at least some intrigue in the final weeks of the season where it doesn't come down to a a lottery ball at one event or it and then everybody's just standing there like that that wasn't fun like yeah like the red wings were that bad for 82 games and they they didn't get like, come
0: on. They they picked fourth. They were the worst. <laughs> they, they were the worst team since the 2013. Sorry, the 2014-15 Sabres. They were probably worse than them because yeah, they were worse it, goaltending. But like they didn't get any of the top three picks. They were just like, like, there's always that chance the number one team might not get the top three because you know it's ping pong balls. And they they didn't. They had the best chances of everybody. And they struck out all three times. And it was just like, cool. Neat, like, this This really worked out the way it was supposed to.
1: Unfortunately, NHL is just, they're never going to try anything new when it comes to, like, that's a significant change. Nah, that, that's too much to ask yeah. when it comes to, to, to the league making a change. And I'm sure it might have to be collectively bargained,
0: especially yeah. in a tournament
1: format that I would want, because yeah. I love you know, best best of three series, Joe.
0: You know what? I, I'd say do it like March Madness. Single elimination One all and down. Top. That makes it more like a lottery because then if you if you got, you know, say, say four. if you got a team that just, you know, just four. Okay. Yeah.
1: Risto, so the, the, the Risto to
0: Condry, Jeff. That's. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, okay. So, all right. So four worst teams play in a tournament. Uh, yeah, I, I could get down with that. Because you're looking at – well, think of, how, think of how that would look. Montreal getting Carey Price back now at the end of the year. And, like, they're one of the four. And you're like, oh, sure, neat. So you got, like, Montreal, Arizona. Uh, I'm looking quickly here. Philly. New Jersey, maybe? And com- come Chicago? Up
1: I don't know the logistics behind it, but I would come yeah. up with a bonus pool for the players to incentivize it for guys, especially depending Ufas on the team. Guys love oh, yeah. to get paid. Guys love to get paid, and the caveat mm-hmm. that I would come up with: you can't compete in the tournament two years in a row.
0: I like that. No, that that's that makes sense. That makes total sense. So that way, it's you're just not like yeah, because because you could still tank, and then it's like, oh hey, yeah, neat, you're you're in the games again all right great so yeah bottom four this year would be philly seattle montreal arizona who would you pick <laughs> montreal i think montreal will win that easy
1: yeah yeah i'm with you there
0: i seattle's playing a little better now but like i think i think the habs would
1: would own that the habs how
0: would have fun. the number one pick easy. how fun would
1: that be like that it'd
0: would be it'd be nuts it would you be can, absolutely nuts. You can bring,
1: it. like, the top fo- like, a couple of the top prospects of the games. You can coincide it with, like, right before the combine. So then you go mm-hmm. into the combine. Like, I just, like, it would just be a fun little event. Um,
0: neutral the, site.
1: Neutral site. Or, hey, if they want to put it in buildings, that's fine to make money or come yeah. up with some sort of revenue share, whatever. But, like, that's they got to make a change there because you're right. Like Nobody wants it because the Coyotes, you know they're going to be doing it. They're going to be tanking the next couple of years. There's no way they're going to even try to feel a competitive team. I know they're not going to be able to because who's going to – like what free agents are going to sign there, but still. Right. It just – I don't
0: know, man. Tempe – Tempe for young gentlemen. Yeah, that's Tempe's, fair. <laughs> Tempe's a really nice place to be. That is going it's, to be a hot spot for college free agents coming like, out. Like when Arizona State started their their hockey program, everybody's like, that's never going to work. And I'm like, Yeah. You think so? <laughs> like, all right, buddy. Like you've never, you've obviously never heard of what Arizona state is like, like for, for college students. Yeah. Because, holy crap. Um, and like, also like if you're traveling there, home ice advantage in a big way, because that's like college Vegas. Honestly, like you get there you know, because I mean, if you're traveling there, you're probably playing a whole weekend there. Mm hmm. Well, gee, what's, what's that going to be like? <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine.
1: Yeah, bad, I mean, bad news for the visiting team sometimes,
0: <laughs> i right. sure. So, like, yeah, I mean, man. Uh, see, because I'm on, I'm on the high of the play-in thing because of uh, not to make this an NBA podcast because we can't because uh, everybody would turn this off immediately, I'm sure. But, like, watching my Pelicans, you know, beat San Antonio, then beat the Clippers to get into the playoffs was pretty freaking cool. Um, and like, I, you know, obviously I'm on a high from that. I, you know, if they lost the Clippers, I'd be like, I hate everything, but, um, but like it's seeing something like that just to get into the postseason. I'm like, NHL should do that tomorrow. Like that, that should be automatic to do, to do. Cause like, cause you're looking at what the, 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 the next four in line for the wild card, that's your plan. So you'd have, which Buffalo would be very much in the race for that. I think. No, they would not. They're, they're way back at Columbus. Sorry. Sorry. Didn't mean to get everybody's hopes up. Didn't mean to do that. Uh, but like Boston, Columbus, Washington, Islanders play in for the last two spots? Hell yeah. yeah. Let's go.
1: Yeah. It, it would be a lot of fun. And um, but the thing is, is, like the NHL wouldn't want the, the Major League Baseball conversation like the wild card game. Yeah. It needs to be more than a one game playoff. It shouldn't come down to one game. So like can't please everybody, but I love that. I love like the NBA. That, that's awesome. And I love, yeah. like, I'm not a big NBA guy. I guess just growing up watching hockey this time of year, I never really found time for the NBA much, mm-hmm. but I love how that league tries different things, whether it's all the different jerseys that they have teams wear throughout a season. Mm-hmm. Like I really respect um, Adam Silver in, in that regard, very forward thinking and willing to, think outside the box i wish that the nhl would would take a similar approach sometimes
0: now now buffalo wouldn't have a rooting interest in the east if they did a play-in they sure as hell would in the west that would be
1: a lot of fun in the west
0: because you'd have dallas vancouver and nashville against vegas oh boy like everybody in buffalo would be hate watching nashville vegas like with without a doubt just to see if jack moves on or he loses in crushing fashion. Like that's, everybody would be, everybody would be slapping on, you know, golden blue Nashville colors, you know, shouting out all their favorite Nashville predators. Like, and yeah, because they all love them. See, that, that yeah. was a pur- that was a purposeful pause. Lance is kind of like, oh my God, he forgot all the guys <laughs> on the team. Holy crap, he forgot everybody. No, 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 no. Because I'm, I'm saying, Savers fans won't give a shit who plays for the <laughs> Predators. It would just be like, yeah, I, I love whoever scores against them. That's my favorite player. Yeah, um, go, go you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, do it for Cody Hodson. Cody Hodson's a Nashville man. Like, do it for him. But, like, I mean, he lives there. He doesn't play for them anymore. He You know, he retired. But, like, how like, how fun would it be? I mean, like honestly, I, I get it. Like, they don't want it to be like the baseball thing, you know, single. But, like, the, it. Baseball, the baseball thing it makes sense to make it more than one game because you don't play one game series in baseball. You sure as hell do in hockey. Like during, yeah. like during a regular season, you play one game and done like, that's it. And I, like, honestly, I agree with you. you're getting the last two spots in the playoffs. You're going to play against somebody who's going to probably kick your teeth in, you know, like, and you're fighting for the right to, to maybe pull an upset or just get your, get pants for four games. Like that's, you know, like I, I'm, I'm all for it. like single elimination. Just get, you know, Hey, win. that's it,
1: it's amazing that we're at this point in the season, playoffs are coming, <laughs> draft lottery is coming near, and like mm-hmm. the Sabres, we know who their coach is going to be, we know who their general manager yeah. is going to be, and it would be sort of a shock if they won the draft lottery. Um, the biggest conversation yes. really we're, we're having, well, that's really sort of uh, been pretty prominent in the discourse, particularly at this time of year, is who the ca- next captain's going to be, Joe. Yeah, which is a very fascinating topic because they've got different guys who have really r- risen to the occasion this year and become leaders mm-hmm. but uh, where do you stand on the topic because I know that people you know there's the, the, a corner of the hockey world that says that the, the, the captaincy is sort of overrated but I think that at least they're in a position where they got a couple of really good candidates at this point
0: yeah the, I, there's I know captaincy discussions can sometimes be annoying or boring uh this one's not as far as as far as i'm concerned because you have you know you've got the you got the older guy in kyle Pozo and you've got the new guy the regional guy in alex tuck i'm not gonna say he's local he's not he lives he lives from like two and a half hours away he's not he's not local like he's three three hours away baldwinsville come on I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to buy that hype. Sorry. Uh, but like he's, but he's an upstater and he's a Sabres fan as a kid. So like, that's fine. It's fine. Whatever. But like Tuck seems to be like, well, the second he showed up to town, everybody's like, he's it. Put the C on him now it's over. He's the captain. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know, man, Kyle's been wearing the a with, with Zemgus all year. And I don't know I think everybody in that room kind of defers to him as it is because he's the, you know, he's the veteran leader and he's the the good guy and, um honestly he's kind of earned it. I said he probably should have been named just flat out captain before this season but um uh, but everybody was like no they're going to buy him out. I'm like they're not going to do that. They're not they're not going to do that because they like him too much. And he act- for all the talk of, you know, wanting people that want to be here, like Kyle literally moved to Buffalo. So like find, find me a guy here. who wants to be here more than than Kyle who moved from Minnesota to Buffalo. Like come on. So, so to me, like the like the conversation, or the competition is between those two guys. If you're going to put the C on somebody, because they still might not, they still might hold off on it, but I don't know. I'm a softie. I, I would love to see Kyle wear it because I think he's, he deserves it. I think he's, he's more than earned it. Uh, and nobody can really argue with it. I think so. I think the only downside is that he's in the last year of a contract. That's the only, that's the only possible knock on it.
1: Yeah. And I have no, I understand why anybody would have reservations for that, for that fact, because Kyle Ocposo and where he's at in his career, I mean, at the trade deadline next year, there's going to be a decision to have to be made if he wants to go to a contender for for Mm -hmm. the last few months of the season and good for him. He deserves it. Like he deserves, he's earned that opportunity. But when it comes to the captaincy, Yes, I think that he should be wearing the C for next season. Honestly, I would have given it to him a few months ago. If you didn't do it right at training camp, I think that with all mm-hmm. that he did to help them build what they have right now, he I think he's he's the captain. Like everybody in that room views Kyle Ocposo as the captain of the team, even though he doesn't mm-hmm. have the C on, on his chest. And I think that it would be very valuable to do that, regardless of his contract status, because it takes pressure off of Alex Tuck. You know? Yeah. That's a big ass. Grew up a Sabres fan. Mm-hmm. You know, has he even been here for a year yet? He's only 25 years old. Like, buddy, like, there's no rush. Like, Alex Tuck is going to be here for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Let him focus on his game. Let him focus on what he wants to accomplish personally and, you know, to help the Sabres win. Let Kyle do it. Kyle is very comfortable shouldering that leadership responsibility, he knows how to do it with grace and, and everything else. He's everything that you want in a captain with the work ethic and everything. I'm not saying that Tuck and Darlene aren't, cause those are the other, those are the top two candidates for me. Mm-hmm. It would be Tuck yep. and Darlene long-term with Tate Thompson close behind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm giving it to Kyle so And I think that everybody should feel very, very good about that for everything that guy's done.
0: Yeah. And and the, the captaincy talk is one where like people that like don't care, they're always like, well, it's just a figurehead thing. It doesn't really matter. And it's like, well, maybe in other sports, it's not that way in hockey because there are, you know, being a captain means there's a lot of different things you got to do. Not just like, you know, not, not necessarily always on ice, but off ice too. Like the, you know, the, you know, the being the leader, being, setting the example, Also talking to us idiots after games and after practices (laughs) like that, the captain almost has to do that every, every time. I mean, they get a break sometimes, but like you wear the C, you gotta, you gotta answer for everybody.
1: Yeah. That's the way it goes. You're the, you're the voice.
0: Right. And you know, you know, Alex is still young and like he, he can handle it. I'm positive he could handle that part of it, but do you need to put that on him now? I, I don't think you need to put that on him now. You know, I mean, they, they threw it on Jack when he was 20 years old. and That was a bad move. Like that was, I mean, it was expected, but it was not the right idea. Like that was, you know, to say here, dude, you're, you know, you're the leader because you're the best guy here. You talk to everybody, every game. And it's like, nah, he probably didn't need to have Jack be front and center after every game. You didn't, you didn't need to do that, especially because you know how he can be like that. Like that's the, that's the big part of that. But also it's, you know, the, the, the setting and example stuff in the room, be in the face of the team for, you know, for charity stuff or, you know, community efforts and things like that. Like that's a big part of it too. Like if you do any uh, community outreach projects or something like you got to be out doing that, you got to be, you know, taking part in those things. Like that's, that's a whole, there's a whole thing that goes with being a captain in the NHL.
1: Yeah, and I love the idea of, of buying time before you give it to, to one of the younger guys. You're right. Learn from your mistakes in the past. They rush it on Jack. And I'm not saying that anybody in that room um, has is in the same spot as Jack, where mm-hmm. Jack was not ready for, for that responsibility. I think some of those guys are, particularly Alex Tuck. But mm-hmm. think about all the guys that they have in that room who have leadership qualities, um, whether it's Tuck, Darlene, Thompson, Cousins. Middlestad is a... You know, we haven't seen Middlestad talk as much, you know, because mm-hmm. of the way that his season has gone, unfortunately. But, like, that, he's got it. Like, And I, yeah. and I think a big part of that is because he learned a lot from Kyle. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, he's very mm-hmm. close to Kyle and, and, and watched and observed. And right now, give it to Kyle Lockpost. So. And just let, let the rest sort itself out. If he's your captain for one year, great. If he's your captain for even beyond, if you sign him again, I would, you know, great. But... Mm-hmm. There's no reason to rush it on anybody. And I don't like putting that pressure on Alex Tuck because he's done a lot. And I think that let the guy play hockey, right? He will yeah. still be involved. He'll still be a, a leader for this team. But uh, I mean, like people, you know, New York, you know, Sabres fan as a kid, like there's just too much there right now.
0: Like, yeah. Wait. Like, it, it's good to drive. Like, it's good to have people that you can drive the hype bus with. Like that's, you know, and people that actually want to do it. Like that's, that's a nice, that's a nice change of pace. You know, it's not like pulling teeth with you know, and you know, again, everybody's thinking exactly you know who you might you might be thinking I'm talking about in that spot, but like honestly, like it, if you're and it's something that they always they, you know this goes league wide is that you don't want to throw too much on a young kid right away because it distracts from you know what they're trying to do on the ice mm-hmm. first off, but also it's a lot to prepare for. Like I know if I'm 18, 19, 20 years old and being asked to do all this stuff and be an elite hockey player. I'm I'm feeling overloaded at that point. I'm I'm going to end up I'm going to end up being too much, you know, too distracted with other stuff to stay focused.
1: Yeah, there were a lot of times,
0: especially with Jack, and Jack
1: was always I want to play hockey. I don't want to do any of the other stuff as much mm-hmm. as he put a lot of time into Roswell and did a lot of other things behind the scenes. Like he just wanted to play hockey, and there was a lot of practice days where as soon as practice ended, Jack's not even doesn't even have his skates yet, and there's just community event requests, there's this, there's that. Man. Jack's getting caught up and what he has to do for the week. Oh, you got to talk to this person. You know, post game, not only talk to the media, you got to go out, you got to talk to visitors from, from different organizations or visiting yeah. the team. And like Kyle's already doing the community stuff, not quite yet because they're starting the community outreach again because of mm-hmm. COVID. It's been impossible. But all the other responsibilities, media obligations, building a culture, all this other stuff, he's already done it. Like he's, yeah. he's been doing it since October, so... Put it on his, put it on his chest and I hey, figure out the rest later. Cause I think that that's the safest move. And I think it's just, it's the best move for everybody involved.
0: Yeah. And you know, also it also helps that Kyle's like one of the nicest people oh, yeah. uh, in the sport, Yeah, uh, in sports in general. Um, and a guy who, you know, honestly appreciates everything that, you know, that, that he's, that he's had from being a professional hockey player and, you know, having, being such a talented player and, and, you know, his, his whole time. I mean, crying out loud like when he you know when he left the islanders to sign with the the, the sabers you'd think I mean, we've seen how islanders react to some people when they leave when they leave town um but they didn't do that with kyle isles fans still love kyle and they're yeah. they're more they're more mad at the islanders for not keeping them like that was that was the, the whole thing there because that that wasn't a kyle thing that was that was the organization saying like nah i don't think we're gonna i don't think we're gonna do that people are just like come on dude like come on like, you're going to get, you're going to let that guy walk. Like, come on. Like, give me a break. But, um, but, but Kyle's, I don't know. Kyle's just the dude, like, you know, not, not to, not to say he's like in big Lebowski, the dude, but like, he's just, you know, he's the guy, he understands what pro sports is about. He understands what, you know, uh, being the leader in a room is about. He understands what all this stuff's about. So make it easier for everybody else, honestly. Like, and I mean, you can do the, you can split the A's up again next year. I mean, that's, that's totally a thing to do, but that's the coward's way out, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but like, put but the sea on somebody. Like the uh, Rangers have gone without a captain for like the last five years now, it seems. And like Chris Kreider is just over there, like just do it. I'm I'm basically the captain already. Like just put it on me now. And for whatever reason they don't. But like, you know, the the in, in this case, I mean, get it. Like I mean, maybe you're torn between putting on Zemgus or Kyle. I I get it. But like, I don't know, man. Like I, I just. Kyle Kyle just feels like the more natural guy to go with if you're yeah. if you're gonna do it like yeah. that's that's the whole thing.
1: This team lucked out having him around through all of this. I mean, I can't mm-hmm. imagine where they would be if and, and guess. Uh Unfortunately, because of that, you know media access being what it is, we're not in the room. Like mm-hmm. uh, Joe, like there's just so so many subtleties we saw over there. <laughs> over the years of what goes on in there as much as you don't see the full picture, you get a picture Mm and we don't get that picture anymore. I hope that we start to get it again next season. But so I can't really speak to Zemgis because he's a very quiet guy. uh, Doesn't Mm -hmm. talk to the media as much, um, but really good guy, hardworking, like Mm -hmm. shows up. And of course, like we just went over everything that Kyle brings. So they got lucky. Cause like, this is a situation when you're starting clean slate, you don't know what you're going to get out of it, but Hey, credit to him and all the young guys for really, cause like they, they've got a good thing going like that much is clear to us right mm-hmm. now.
0: It yeah. wouldn't be
1: winning games against the, the <laughs> list of teams that you, we went over if they didn't have a good thing going.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's, I, I think that's, that's the nice takeaway from this season for everybody is that there is a good thing going, you know, we, we, crack jokes about, you know, the vibes and all that stuff. But like, it's, that's, a, it's a real deal. Like that's a real thing. Like, yeah. you know, having a team that enjoys being around each other, enjoys playing hockey and not playing, a you know, some bland style of hockey either, you know, where, you know, they're, they're sacrificing one thing to do something else. Like this is a team that's like Don, you know, Don gets, you know, Don said from day one, he's like, I want to, I want entertaining hockey. I don't, I don't like any of that boring stuff, which I was like, my man. Thank you. Thank you, God, because we saw different levels of that, you know, over the last few years, but like, you know, to, to not sacrifice the fun parts of the game and letting guys be creative, letting, you know, you're not necessarily being loose with the systems, but just kind of let, letting guys roll. It does wonders because then you're just, you know, you're not hammering down on guys you know, for, for, you know, oh, you weren't in the four check enough, uh, have a seat, like any of that crap. Oh, you didn't back check hard enough. Blah, blah blah, Like, whatever. Like everybody understands what everybody can do, what do well and not do well. Like, if you think, you know, if you're going to have like Jeff Skinner out there and, you know, to, you know, in a, in a solid back checking situation, you need to defend a lead. I ain't probably, probably not the guy you want to go for, go first with it. But, you know, we, sometimes he's out there in those situations and it hasn't cost them like, just have some faith in your professional hockey players i guess is is the point.
1: Yes, and again, i mean i just mentioned luck with Kyle Ocposa and Semis Gergenson's. holy moly, it's don Granado being there and like the the timing was perfect for that mm-hmm. hire. Again, we'll we'll get into a little bit more of that when the season is over. We can sort of reflect and look forward, but yeah, I mean, he gets really high marks from me. What what he's done this season it's been really when you compare it to the previous years, and that includes Phil because Phil Phil mm-hmm. Housley had them playing some entertaining hockey, but good grief, they couldn't defend <laughs> couldn't <laughs> defend anything.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, the blazing uh, red zones in their in their graphic maps and the defensive defensive end of the ice was yeah. like oh boy, uh, you know this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we don't need to, We don't need to get into that. But like, yeah, this is I don't know. This is. Uh, this is going to be really interesting. And boy, I, I, I didn't re- I didn't understand. I didn't realize what day April 29th. That's the last. That's when the Sabres last game is. Yeah, I didn't, re- I didn't realize it was a Friday. So like that works even better for us because we do a Monday show. So, we'll. I mean, I assume locker clear out will be done and over with by the time we record by then. At least I hope.
1: I think for the most part, usually the coach, I think that, I think last year uh, Granado and Adams talked a few days after the players, but the players were all spoken at that point, I think. So yeah. we'll have that.
0: Yeah. Well- yeah. Good enough, and you know what? No, nobody's nobody's gonna say shitty stuff at the end of the year, unless. God, that was so fun, though, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> like twenty nineteen, walking into that
1: room and like Risto is waiting. You're just like, what's this guy gonna say? Oh my, yeah, he said it. Uh,
0: that and then Jack's trying to trying to keep it as minimal as possible, and it's like, nah, dude, we're gonna keep asking questions, and then he just starts popping off, and you're like, okay, there uh, you know, and even before that, you know the O'Reilly offseason with that whole thing where yours truly asked the question that got the line to come out. <laughs> That's my fault, everybody. Sorry, I I got you brought you I, brought Tage Thompson to Buffalo, though, no Joe. Oh wait. Hey. <laughs> Everybody praise me right now. It's me. I did it. That's thank you're welcome, Buffalo. I I helped bring that about. <laughs> see, that's the way I got to start looking at that now. Yeah. See, oh, it's oh, it's nice to be nice to be liked again. I guess <laughs> maybe I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll see if that works. But but yeah, like yeah, like I asked it first, and then Paul follows up is like, wait, really? <laughs> <laughs> And then O'Reilly elaborates. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, okay, man. Come again. <laughs> and then the next two years of of Risto trying to say basically the same thing, but not saying it very directly and not, not getting yeah. traded until, until last year. <laughs> I missed that no, guy. Poor. Yeah. I yeah. See, it'd be fun to be talking NBA stuff with him. Although I don't I don't I don't he would probably look at me, look at me weird, and be like, Oh, you like basketball? Yes. <laughs> Talk to Marco Scandella. Me and him would talk about basketball a bunch. Please. He'd, make I of like, he'd make fun of you for like he make fun of you for liking the Pelicans, though. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> like what? They stink. I, I, I know, Risto. I I know. Like also, look at the team like, over here. Just don't throw any stones, pal. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, we, we we've made everybody uh, wait long enough uh, to yeah. hear us talk. So, like, let's. You know, if you have gripes, complaints, or if you want to send us adulation, uh please do. And Lance, tell them where they can find you on the internet to do that.
1: Oh yes. Uh please. Uh of course on Twitter, L-L-Y-S-O-W-S-K-I, and at the Buffalo News. You know, you can find my byline, Lance Lysowski, online, in print, wherever you consume your information. Joe? Or write me. You?
0: Yeah, you well, you can find me on Twitter, uh at uh Joe Yurton, J-O-E-Y-E-R d-o-n uh the the writing itch is in me so i predict there's going to be some noted hockey stuff this week so i would i would i would sign up subscribe now while it's free i i I, that's not ominous but maybe it is i don't know maybe maybe i am going to be ominous i don't know we'll we'll see but like noted hockey at uh dot substack.com uh die by the blade as well uh and that's That's going to take care of it for this week.
1: Again, thank you for everybody who left reviews. We went over that completely ridiculous one. So you don't have to tell us who you are, but no, no. that was gold. So yeah.
0: If you want to fill up our reviews with insane stuff, please do, because we will, we will share it.
1: As long as it includes five stars, we're good with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No zero, zero star reviews. We will use your name and we will make fun of you publicly. So just (laughs) keep that in mind everybody uh thanks lance uh um, no
1: fun times yeah
0: always and it worked uh out. It, it it's good yeah no it, it, i'm glad it worked out i'm just uh you know i i just feel bad for making everybody wait for us but you know what good things come to those who wait which you already know as sabers fans maybe
1: and there's no game and until thursday so you got a few better.
0: days. you got lots of time to consume this beautiful podcast we put together for you uh thanks everybody we will catch you again next week